Welcome to the Hey Salespeople podcast, where we focus on delivering immediately actionable best practices for sales professionals. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan from SalesLoft. Hey, salespeople, we have a super treat today, an AE who has actually been in their job for over 17 years. So we're going to get a lot of wisdom today from Jason Bagshaw. Welcome, Jason. Thank you, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Jason's official title is regional sales manager, but as I mentioned, he's an individual contributor salesperson and loving that role. We'll talk about that. Uh, He is with Dell Tech, and they provide generally software that helps project-focused businesses execute on time and on budget. And Jason, in particular, is focused on helping companies to grow their government business. So we'll probably talk a little bit about that world as well. Before we get there, love to get to know our guests a little bit. So Jason, um, in addition to, I guess, going after President's Club, which you've done 11 times now over there at Dell Tech, what kind of hobbies do you have that keep you busy outside of work? Yeah, so I'm a huge tennis and yoga nut. Uh, if I could do anything outside work, it's, it's either tennis or yoga. But I also, funny enough, love shooting videos, you know, family videos. And I really love editing videos. It sounds crazy, but it's actually a huge stress reliever to just sit in front of the computer for hours on end and editing videos. Because at the end of the day, great videos are all about telling a story. And that's critical in sales and in life. And so that's just something I really enjoy doing. Yeah. I mean, I think any hobby that puts you in a state of flow and takes you out of the inner chatter that's in your mind, I think is a valuable hobby. As a, I guess, natural segue, although a little bit of a cliche segue, I'm wondering how you use video in your, or if you use video in your selling. So Vidyard came up on my radar last year and I really started to pay more attention to it, but I didn't really leverage it to the extent that it deserved until I stumbled across uh, Kayla Citron Thaler uh, with her 30 Minutes to Presence Club podcast about how she books 85% of her meetings via sending out Vidyard videos. Jeremy, that stopped me in my tracks. I was blown away. And so I'm a massive fan of uh, incorporating Vidyard videos to connect with others because we have to cut through the noise as Kayla says, what better way to do that, you know, record a very short video and send it to your prospect, ideally via LinkedIn, if not via email. And in this new virtual or hybrid world we're living in, we're not bumping into each other at trade shows or other, you know, face-to-face forums. So this is really one of my top five strategic initiatives for 2021 and beyond is really leveraging videos. And so I get a big kick out of it. I can bang out a bunch of videos at once and send them out. And I'm really trying to evangelize that internally in my organization. On on that note, right, like a lot of people were doing Vidyards for a very long time where they would hold the whiteboard and they would have the person's name. I have to check the data, but I don't think that approach works anymore. But one of our uh, reps recently did something pretty cool, which was they went on the person's LinkedIn page and they were like, they had the little the little video circle and they were engaging and talking through. And then that thumbnail was that person's own LinkedIn page. I thought that was a pretty awesome. That is the key hack. Yeah. No. So Kayla recommends that because, you know, if I'm pitching you, Jeremy, and I have your profile up, your first reaction subconsciously is, oh, that's me. Someone took the time to record this video. The least I can do is take 30 seconds to listen to it or a minute. Um, And then they see your image again, our brains seek the, the human face uh, for trust. 
This is another one of my weapons, and I absolutely love it when I'm inviting folks to a demo. I do my own demos. I'm trying to be multi-threaded, trying to grow my audience. And so instead of sending out your basic Zoom invite, I really try and customize it, and I'll throw in a video, which basically just puts a face to a name, just introduces myself. It's a short video, one minute long, just saying, hi, Jason Bagshaw from Dell Tech. Looking forward to, to chatting with you. It's very innocent, but I'm getting great feedback. That's just one of the many things I'm doing. And the great thing about videos is you can incorporate it throughout the sales process, right? When you're going to closing and also internally, I'm a, when I used to be up in DC, when I used to live in DC, I have to come to your cubicle. I'm not going to text you. I'm not going to IM you. I'm the guy that I have to come and sit with you. So this is my version of also connecting to your point with folks internally is I'll send out a quick video. To me, Jeremy, it shows a little bit of a sign of respect for that person that you took the time to actually record a video for me. I'm going to listen to that. Uh, you mentioned that you love to you know, go and sit with people. Obviously, that wasn't possible this last year. So how was this last year for you business-wise? Was that a challenge or did you find ways around that? So last year was unreal. I've never experienced the success I've had last year. The last thing I expected, you know, trying to be cognizant. And what was really interesting, Jeremy, was when I started to reach out to folks, I noticed a change that was really interesting in the sense that before I made these calls, I said, Jay, you know, you got to think about what these folks are going through. I've worked remote for 16 years. A lot of these folks, they're scared out of their minds working remote. Like, what is this whole working remote thing? I've never done it or I did it in a previous life, but I haven't done it in 10 years. And I would speak with these folks that are literally in the cars, you know, hey, my trunk is full of boxes from work. I'm running home. I have folks that I spoke with that were going to the supermarket to get food before you know the lockdown kicked off. You know, I'm trying to get off the phone with him like, oh my gosh, you have your hands full. I'll catch you at, an, at a better time. It was really weird as I really tried to slow down my speech and have more thoughtful pauses. And it was amazing about, about that is folks would not get off the phone with me. If there's one time I thought somebody would be like, listen, buddy, I don't have time for your pitch or whatever. There was no work. I didn't talk about work. I just connected, just human to human, right? And it was amazing because you could say I had the best sales conversations of my life. I actually just had some of the best conversations of my life. And I had, I finished number two globally at Dell Tech and I was humbled. Right, we did the study of top salespeople where uh, the, this company was run by a lot of former McKinsey folks. And McKinsey does a version of what you know they refer to as bright spot analysis. So you go and you stack rank everybody on some objective measure. So in this case, salespeople are easy, are easy to rank. You interview the top people maybe the top 10%. And then you also interview the bottom 10%. It's important to do both. But one of the things we discovered was exactly your thing about like slowing down your rate of speech. The people who were the most effective sellers, amongst other things, had a trait, which was that they were like soft and slow, the killer voice for uh, effective selling, I think both B2B and, and B2C. Well, it's interesting about that, Jeremy, is that I don't have one meditation app. I have two. I'm a big fan of you know acupuncture and meditation and so forth, and it's really interesting. I really try and geek out on the cadence of the voice of the folks that you listen to. Like you know, uh, sleep is a huge thing for me. I, I think a lot of people glaze over it. You have to have at least seven hours of sleep. I'm big on on sleep. Things like that to me, I try and think about you know everything that goes into my workday. I typically work a pretty long workday. I pride myself on being as efficient as possible. But 
you got to grind. You got to get out there and get it every day. And for me, all these things add up. I, I really try and work out every day, do tennis, yoga, or just a workout. Life is a, is a feedback loop, right? It's either a positive feedback loop or a negative feedback loop. Going to the gym every day or going and play tennis or what have you, you lower your stress, you release endorphins, you feel better, you come back to the office, you're playing with house money, you're playing with confidence. It builds on each other, right? It's not rocket science. But these are things that, especially during a pandemic where we have issues of being you know, locked up at home or, or having these concerns or our children, seeing what our children are going through right, is really impacting us. So I think we really have to tap into these things. You know, I really like to geek out on tapping into the subconscious of my prospects, right? I've done this for years where I just click on someone's profile. So if they say, hey, Jason, phenomenal demo. You know, we set up a time for the next follow-up. So we schedule that next step. And then we talk about who else needs to be involved. I'll actually, at the end of a demo, I'll actually pull up the account map in Sales Navigator which shows who I believe I'll pre-populate with who I believe will be also part of the decision-making process. But what's interesting about that is a lot of folks forget, oh yeah, Bob or oh, Mary, is, it needs to be a part of this decision. And you'd think they would suggest it, but they don't. But when they see the folks in front of them, it's like, oh, you know what, Jason? We also need to get Jack involved. If I didn't do that, I wouldn't know that. People sell to me all the time and they never, ever do that. It's, it's just so, and I would tell them, right? It would, it would actually help me because I need to figure out who needs to approve. If someone says, hey, you know, I'm going to be on vacation for two weeks or I'm going to be on the road for, for two weeks, that scares me half to death because scope creep, right? I'm concerned that, you know, hey, you love GovNIQ today. And then two weeks, it's like, Jason, yeah, Dell Tech, GovNIQ. So when I know they say, hey, I'm going to talk to Mary on Monday. I will set a reminder to just click on his profile and Mary's profile about an hour before when he's supposed to meet with them. Just a, just a quick cue to go, yes, because they get the email. People are looking at your profile and LinkedIn says that's one of the most opened emails in corporate America. People are curious, who's clicking on my profile? I will literally, I will click in their profile and then literally 60 seconds later in sales loft, I'll see the click activity where I'm like, boom, there it is. And it's my pricing email. So I know it works. And so I've been doing that for a long time. The key is that you have to have your full profile, you know, your visibility setting in LinkedIn has to make sure it's not partial. It has to be your full profile. So they know who clicked on it. One thing I wanted to come back to was um, you mentioned demos a couple of times and that you do your own demos. So why do you still do your own demos? Yeah. So from day one, well, actually not from day one, the gentleman who hired me said, hey, I'll, I'll help do your demos for the first few months. And then I want you to literally push me to the side and say, hey, I got it. And literally that day happened and I have done every single demo. I love the control of the message. I am a big fan of not stressing about if there's multiple folks in the room of what their message might be different than mine. I'm a little bit of a control freak from that perspective. I'll admit that. And so for me, if I fail, that's on me. If I win, I'll typically bring in one of our analysts. So we look great. It's like, hey, great job team. But if I fail, that's on me. I want ultimate accountability. I don't want it to, to rest on anyone else. And so this is where what I believe separates me in my day-to-day -day is my demo prep. I geek out on it. My job has never been about the money. Never. If you crush it, the money comes, right? 
it's the challenge, right? Every company I deal with multi-billion dollar companies every day, and there's always a wrinkle. It's you got to find that wrinkle is what is that idiosyncrasy? Where is the pain? What's the delta between where they are now and, and where they need to go? What's the cost of that? So I just love the hunt. I love the chase. I've been you know, a hunter, a pure hunter for 17 years. There's no upsell. If you read the literature on how a demo is supposed to be done, the literature, quote unquote, says, you know, figure out the use case and then build the demo as a story around the use case. What actually happens, because I'm on multiple demos, you know, a, a week that people are pitching to me, and it is always a feature demo. For, for you, what's the reality of the demos that you do? And, and what's the mix between sort of story-based use case demos and feature-centric demos? The challenge I have at the enterprise level with the other guys is, you know, who doesn't use us? So we've been blessed over the years to bring on, you know, the folks that we have. But when I get up every day, since I'm a new logo guy, is, is who's available, right, to sell to. So a lot of the folks that we sell to are newer to government. So they don't know the pain and pleasure of selling to the government. The discovery process is very different. Back in the day when, you know, I used to deal with more companies that were entrenched and diehard, you know, government contractors, it was completely different. It was much easier to do discovery. Like, what are your top agencies of interest? Who are your teaming partners or who are you competing with? A lot of the folks we deal with now, they're like, hey, yeah, so I heard about the government, the largest client in the world. I think we should go sell on them. We need to diversify, right? That's one thing we learned from from the pandemic is you got to diversify, right? So a lot of the Discovery is different in the sense that when I do the demo, I kind of have to do a very focused, but not going through sort of a storytelling scenario where I will tell stories, but I will just kind of walk them through the park. And then at the end of it, whether we do another session, I'll do it sort of a live working session where all we do is, Jeremy, what's in your plate right now? What opportunity are you looking at? What agency are you looking at? And then let's go through those live use cases where we'll pull in more, maybe some more AEs or what have you, or you know, BD folks. It seems to work really well that way. But um, yeah. You know, if you're hunting and you're not account managing after that, I worry that there's like a letdown that people have bought your expertise during the pre-sale process and then, and then you, like, you disappear. How does Dell Tech make sure that there's continuity of, of value in that education and advice post-sale? So again, there's a reason... I've invested my life into this current role is just because the onboarding process is second to none. The support team, they're at my caliber. So they, I share 17 years of best practices, tips and tricks. It's actually a slide I include in my business cases. I've been doing business cases for over a decade. I want to make sure if you're going to make an investment in us that you know, I walk you through everything. And then I will often record the demos and send it out. So I literally put everything on a silver platter. But we talk about the onboarding, which is so critical because if someone just gives you keys to the gym and says, hey, good luck, hope you get the results that you want, that's a vendor, right? If you're truly a partner, you're in the weeds, you know, rolling up the sleeves, the bullets are flying over our heads collectively. How can we help? And that's a huge part of our value. So for me, I'm just the tip of the spear. I know for many of our listeners, like they're here in 17 years at one place. How in the world did you not jump because people jump so frequently? They have to be hearing the value of being in one place for a long time because of all that knowledge you have. What motivates you to stay beyond like the team, obviously the success as well, but you got to have low periods from time to time and the recruiters knocking at your doorstep. Like how do you not give in to the temptation? 
I put a lot of thought into it because for me, I'm just blessed. I feel that the grass is not always greener. A little increase here or there in base. Uh, come on. I mean, it's like every dog has its fleas, right? And so, you know, I'm just, I've found a, an organization that is just one of a kind and who knows where the journey will take me, but I'm not chasing. If you, if you paid me twice what I made now to work for my top competitor, there's no way in heck I would do it. It's, it's the belief. It's the people I work with. These people I've worked with for 10 years, 12 years, 15 years, we've built bonds. And that's something in this day and age, life is way too short. And that's the lens, how we look at everything. We know we live maybe to 100, I don't know, maybe to 50, maybe to 75, whatever. For that time we're on this planet, there is no leaf I'm going to left unturned. But it's the journey, right, Jeremy? It's the journey that you're on. It's who you fight the battles with. I just happen to love those folks. Another thing I wanted to, to go back to is it sounds like you are building relationship maps. Do you use any tech for that or is that just old school notebooks or, or drawings on the computer? Like, do you use any, we don't, we don't actually offer a relationship map, I guess I should say yet, but I'm curious if you use any tech for that. Yeah, no. So it is, uh, so it's funny enough when you were nice enough to jump on stage at our sales kickoff at Dell Tech a couple of years ago, that same SKO, I went up on stage to go through my pipeline in front of every sales colleague that I have globally, physically in person, all of my executives and everyone to pitch LinkedIn deals. So deals has since been, they've had a sunset of it, but in terms of relationship mapping, uh, I actually pitched that to my colleagues. And so we had to go through my pipeline, which was absolutely hilarious. No pressure. I've used a few different things. So whether you know, incorporating some things from sales law, from the account mapping on Sales Navigator. I keep a daily meeting invite on my calendar that has some of the added backend mechanics that I just move it each day. I also, in the title of that meeting, I actually have a few sayings to remind myself. Everything I do, things that I do that are repetitive, I really try and think of ways to incorporate my mantra into those different instances. So I have this um, you know, important meeting invite I move every day, which helps me with my relationship mapping. But the title of it is be impeccable with your word. Don't take anything personally. Don't make assumptions and always do your best. So that is from the book, The Four Commitments, which I'm, I'm still finishing that book. But everything I do and every day, I have to, I like to keep those things top of mind. So the Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. I'm in sales. I'm guilty of the fish was this big, Jeremy, you know? And so it's like, no, the fish was, it was a five pound fish or a hundred pound fish. Like, what was it, right? Don't take anything personally. Amazing advice. Don't make assumptions, right? In sales, that's like one-on-one. And always do your best. For me, that's, again, part of my mantra is every day, if you crush it and do your best, that's all you can ask for. Those are great ones to, to live by. I'm also reading a book co-authored by Justin Michael and Tony Hughes, Tech Powered Sales, talks about you know AI and ML. The revolution has obviously started and it's a tectonic shift and it's kind of happening behind the scenes for some, for some industries about you know SDRs. And I think the one sentence in the book that I think says it all is implement everything that machines can affordably do better than humans in your sales process, right? then invest in honing human engagement for winning differentiation. Totally. Yeah, totally agree. And in fact, I'm reading that book. That is, that is the sales book I'm reading right now. I'm glad that you also, after you know reading countless sales books, have not tired of them. 
The other tool I wanted to ask you about that is, is kind of contentious. I actually had someone ask me about this on LinkedIn direct message recently. They said, you know, hey, Jeremy, I've heard you talk about mutual plans a bunch of times, but really, does anybody actually use them? So I'm curious if you use mutual success plans, mutual plans where you map out the stages of the process and review that with your prospect. Is that a tool that you you actively use or, or have you found it to not be necessary? Not in that specific tool, but conceptually, it's the give and get, right? And are we agreeing to that sequence of events, right? Next steps and so, and so forth. So I'm doing that in my sales process, just not that specific tool. To me, I want to know if you're willing to slam your fist down on the table to invest in my solution. And if you're not, I need to unpack that quick. You know, if you're doing a face-to-face and you're looking at the boardroom and it's, you know, full of people, I love all the smiles. I love all the head nods. All I want to do is I really want to focus on the person who has their hands crossed and they're like, I don't know, I'm not convinced. You know, I want to hyper-focus on them is, you know, what's their challenge? What's their concern? So John Asher talks about how people use their emotional instinctive brain to make buying decisions. Thank goodness I came across John Asher's video on that years ago because it's all about our caveman brain, basically, right? And you have to be able to connect with folks at that emotional level. Yes, you need to unpack. You need to be a good physician and diagnose the problems. But if you get too black and white with that diagnosis, you lose the emotion. What's that first level of pain, the business pain? And what's uh, Kevin Carr, former colleague, also talked about that second level of pain. So what does that mean to Jeremy if he feels his job is on the line? How does that impact him? How is that going to impact him in that in the sales journey to make sure that he continues to fight? Because in larger companies, you go up to the executives to get final approval. They better be ready to stick their neck out for you. And you want to make sure that they are a good representative of the value that you bring to the table with your solution, right? And it's not the name of your company. It's not the name of your product. Who cares about that? What is your solution going to do for me? How is it going to help drive revenue, top line, bottom line, whatever it may be? Really get into the weeds. And that's something that I think if you're not doing, you're missing out. So yeah, John Asher, I, I, that blew my mind, honestly, because it really unpacks just how our brains make decisions. And Jeb Blunt and Paul Smith video on selling with stories, you know, that was another big thing for me. But yeah, Kayla, Kayla's my new inspiring, you know, I'm a huge fan of Kayla and just what she's been doing with with Vidyard videos. That's my that's my latest and greatest, but it's not going anywhere. I just recorded a Vidyard video a few minutes before I jumped on with you. Brilliant. Thank you for being on. And, and wow, you are uh, super, super. Uh, I really want listeners to to like take a lot from hearing from someone who has been at somewhere for 17 years, because the, I think the biggest productivity killer in sales is poor tenure. You know, the grass is not always greener. And and if you really want to build a successful career, you got to stay somewhere for a decent period of time. Jason, it was so amazing having you on. Thank you. I would assume if people want to like get in touch with you, maybe send you, send you a vidyard or connect with you on LinkedIn. Connect on LinkedIn. I absolutely love it. I, I truly believe we're meant to connect with others, right? Uh, that's what it's all about. So I'd be honored to connect. Brilliant. Thanks for being on. Wonderful. Hey, Salespeople is a production made in partnership with Frequency Media. I'm your host, Jeremy Donovan. This podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever podcasts are found. Thanks for listening to the Hey, Salespeople podcast.